Vancouver in the blazing sun on the 9th of February, 61. And from the 10th of February through till May, it rained and poured all night and day. The more they tried to keep me down, the better I Welcome back to another episode of Whistler and Vancouver Places, where we tell you about all the interesting places around the Whistler and Vancouver area that you must not miss. As always, we have uh, our, uh, I'm going to stick with calling you as our fearless leaders and authors, uh, Graham and Dave. Uh, we are back to doing morning sessions on, um, and today we're on a Zoom episode again. Usually we've been doing it in person, but for logistical reasons, we're back to Zoom this time. And that's because Dave is up in Whistler, and I feel like that is uh, going to help us lead into this uh, episode a little bit. Is that right? Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you're, you and I were skiing up here. I was, yeah. Good morning. Good morning, Graham. Don't want to. Good morning. No, um, I'll leave Graham out. Uh, you know, um, Graham and I were up at Whistler recently to, to launch our new book, 111 Places in Whistler That You Must Not Miss. And, um, you, you know, you and I were skiing and boarding. But uh, mm -hmm. there was a time at Whistler where when there was no boarding, board, board, snowboards were not allowed. So there's a, a rule. There's certain things you can and can't do in a mountain. And one of them was it's, it's illegal to bring snowboards in the mountain. Now, snowboarding was in its infancy. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the, um, the 1980s. And, uh, you know, so, you know, if, if you're a boarder, maybe you could go to Cyprus. They might not have been as tight in the rules at Seymour, but you couldn't board at Whistler. Blackcomb was the first mountain to allow it. And a guy named Ross Rigliotti mm -hmm. uh, really, really embraced snowboarding. And uh, he had gone to Canada's first snowboard camp ever, believe it or not. Hmm. Uh, Ross Rigliotti back in uh, 19, uh, I think it was back in 1981, uh, 82. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And it was just a sport that was very unusual. Um, and now, of course, it's so common. So we're going to talk mm -hmm. about Ross Rigliotti. Okay. I remember that. Um... You know, I used to ski up at uh, Sunshine Village uh, in Alberta yep. and Lake Louise. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, that was uh, maybe this would probably be in the late or in the 80s, let's say. Um, and, uh, yeah, I can remember people would be kind of, um, you know, down their nose a little bit at the borders. Yeah. The, 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 the board would, would it affects the snow and the trail differently than your narrow skis. And it would exactly. people be like, oh, those damn boarders, those are kids on their boards, they go sailing by and they screw up the tracks and things. Grr, shaking your fist. Yeah, yeah. boarders. Because I started it seemed in... kind of wrong, you know. It's like like they didn't sort of belong on the hill. It was not made for them. But there they <laughs> exactly. were anyway, you know. It was they, yeah. they were renegades. Go ahead, Mike. What were you gonna say? I started snowboarding in the early 2000s in Ontario. So we'll kind of call it snowboarding. It's, you know, there was hills there. Um, but at the time it was still kind of coming up. Like it, it had gotten cool that the, the word had definitely gotten out. You were allowed on the mountains and stuff like that, but there was still this kind of like animosity. Yeah. And there was a snowboard park uh, where I started snowboarding and the skiers weren't allowed in there. And I remember <laughs> yeah. when I was, it was for what, I don't know why, I don't know what the rule was or why that was a thing, but I do remember it was a big day when they started finally allowing skiers in there because the skiers were pushing back and they're like, you have a, you have a park with rails and jumps and we want to do that. And they finally, uh, so it's this kind of like this funny, um, uh like arc of how it how it went and i feel well, like it's kind of gone back a little bit now well what would you say mike what would you say the percentage of snowboarders is we were skiing together last week up here would you say it's 40 percent snowboarders or 30 i don't i don't think it's 50 50 i mean skiing is still the dominant sport when you go to whistler 
Yeah. Uh, Blackcomb's pro- Blackcomb is probably a bit higher, I think. I think more people snowboard in Blackcomb. Yeah, the yeah, the thing is that say they do say that snowboarders like Blackcomb more and skiers like Whistler more. And I can say I actually I like Blackcomb a little bit more, but that's I think it's just the terrain's a little bit different. But I would say, yeah, I would say maybe 40%. I would, I would say, say it's 30. going down a little bit now. Mainly younger. I mean, mainly yeah. younger and, and hip and you know, kind of a renegade, uh, anti-authority, you know. You might see the guy they they like uh, we were riding up the gondola and I didn't understand a word these guys were saying. I'm 63 and I'm they're going, Oh, that's dope, you know, it's sick, you know, <laughs> sick, dope, dope, sick, you know. And I'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> what is it you're trying to say exactly? Is that good or bad, the ski conditions, if they're dope? But um, they've got a way of dressing, and they're really cool and hip, and it's so much. It looks like a ton of fun, but I'm not going to yeah. bother burning. You know, I'm too old. I think and I think that. it kind of changed. It kind of became a lot more acceptable because of Ross. Would you agree with exactly. that? Exactly. Uh, I want to get my dates right because it's important. And the, um, the, uh, the, 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 it was eight, the 88, 89 season, the season that began in 88 is when Blackcomb said, you know what, we're going to take a stance and we're going to allow it. Whistler still didn't. And mm. there's folklore that Ross Rigliotti was there the first day, the first day they allowed it, the first in line with his board. I couldn't verify whether or not that was uh, true. And I gave you the wrong date for the snowboard camp. He attended Canada's first snowboard camp in 87. And then he went on to win the gold medal in the first time the Olympics had ever um, uh, anointed snowboarding as an event. So in other words, the, the, the Olympics in Nagano in uh, 1998 was the first time ever that snowboarding was an event. Okay. And was it, so was that, uh, was that an actual event then or was yeah, not, not a, a test trial event, an actual event. event. Might've been a test event in the, uh, the Olympics, the previous Olympics in 94, the previous winter mm-hmm. Olympics. In 98, the sport is debuting. And darn it, this, this local kid, and by the way, Grant, he went to Lord Bing High School. Now well, he's much no. younger than me, so I, I went to Lord Bing. But the local kid, the local kid that was there the first day the Black Cove opened, the local kid that went to Canada's first snowboard camp, uh, goes and wins the gold medal mm-hmm. uh, in Nagano. So he became but, a rock star overnight. He well, not not really for winning the medal. You know what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really I think for. okay. I see if I, I was a little bit young when he won, but I do remember this, and I think he did. did they did they take his medal away, or did they try and take his medal away because he had he had marijuana yes. in his system, right? And he That's was like, correct. I was at a party, and they were smoking. Yeah, he claimed that he had been at a party the night before and that he had inhaled some. Now, yeah. there's no secret that marijuana and snowboarding kind of go together. He was probably, you know, who knows? I mean, he, he's uh, the one to tell about. I would also know. hazard to guess that it's not a performance-enhancing drug by any No, way. but back then, the IOC <laughs> took the medal away, and then a bunch of <laughs> meetings took place behind closed doors because exactly what you said. It's not like steroids. It's like, you know, you went to a party, you whiffed some dope, we found it in your blood, give us the medal back. But there's an uproar. You know, give it back to Russ. So what a... Snowboarders smoked a joint. I mean, come on. You know, if he had a beer, it wouldn't matter. So the IOC reversed their decision. Oh, so they did take it away, but then they gave it back. Yes. And in the meantime, he appeared on, I want to say, the David Letterman show. I can't remember. I'm just trying to remember. Jay Leno, I think. Jay Leno. Was it Jay Leno? Yeah. The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. The Tonight Show. And, you know, and it was a huge deal that this stoner comes on and he's talking about BC Bud and the whole the whole persona was more marijuana than it was snowboarding, you know, and he great, goes on. Just giving a to, great view to the snowboarding sport. Yeah, he's the ambassador for snowboarding through Bud. Yeah. Then he goes on to, um, you know, to become a real, you know, mainstay up here at Whistler. He built a place. I think he was involved in civic politics and uh now he's got his own uh, marijuana brand company and he sells cbd products and he sells edibles and oils and you know he's really involved in that business so uh, but 
his claim to fame is, you know, the, one of the pioneers of snowboarding, winning a gold, getting into the marijuana business. So naturally, he would have a park named after him up here at Whistler. And that's what the, uh, the story is about. Uh, Ross Rigliotti, I think his name is pronounced Rigliotti. Some people pronounce it Rabagliotti, but I think it's Rigliotti Park. It's a silent you know what, bee. You know where the Fitzsimmons Bridge is, Mike? You know where the covered bridge is? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Just on the other side of that, there's a lovely little park. It's got a bench and a gazebo, and it's very scenic, and it's named after him. And so that's what, you know, so many people would walk by the park, not, not be able to pronounce it, look at it. We're hoping now they'll realize, hey, this is after the, the pioneer, the founder of freaking snowboarding. And you've got, this great, you've got this great picture in the book, Dave, mm-hmm. of, the, of the park with some smoking materials. <laughs> I want to know how that picture came about. I'll quickly tell exactly. you, thanks for asking. But Graham and I did all the photography in the book. And you, know, you, you, you come against a story like this. It's just a, a regular nice park. I looked at the bench and I thought, why don't I take some joints and put them on the edge of the bench? and take a picture of the name of the park, which is emblazoned onto, onto the bench, the wooden sitting bench, Okay. and photograph the joints on the bench. And so, but I don't smoke dope. And I thought, well, how am I going to get some joints? You know, so I, I thought, well, they don't have so to be like, hey, kid. <laughs> hey, kid. Hey, snowboarder. Kid. An old you know, man. Some long-haired guy in the park saying, hey, where can I get some marijuana? <laughs> but I thought, I went to, there's a, um, a cigar shop in Whistler. Oh, yeah. It's actually my tip. Been around that I give. That, um, and uh, it's not far. It was less than 800 meters, maybe a kilometer away from the, the bench. And I, I walked in there and I said, look, I'm doing this book. I'm, I want to get some rolling papers. What kind of what kind of papers do people use now? I thought zigzag. And they go, oh, no, these are the papers we use. And I go, and I don't want to put marijuana in there. I'll put some tobacco or whatever. But I, I said, but I don't know how to roll. I don't, would never know how to roll a joint. I'd make a mess. If I buy the papers and buy the tobacco, will you roll them for me? You know, because I want them for the photo. So the guy that runs the shop goes, sure, oh, that's cool, you know. He says, it's taking me about half an hour, man. I'll roll you some. And I go, I want them to be fatties, you know, like big fatties. <laughs> and I want them to be authentic with the way that the, they're rolled at the bottom and the way they're rolled at the top. And it cost me like nine bucks for the rolling paper, like 23 bucks for the tobacco. You know, so I'm into this kid for 30 or 40 bucks. And I say, well, I want you have to roll them. He goes, yeah, come back in half an hour. And I come back and there's these beautiful fatties, like, you know, but they're, they're full of tobacco, not marijuana. And I stuck them on the bench and took a picture of the four, what looks like joints in his name. And then I used as a subhead for the story. Now, now, Mike, does this mean anything to you? I put, don't Bogart that gold medal, my friend. That was the no. subhead. for the. No idea. You know okay. Do you know who Country Joe and the Fish are? No. Graham, do you know who Country Joe and the Fish are? Yeah, it goes, goes back to the uh, 60s. Woodstock, yeah. Yeah, Country Joe, yeah, from uh, Country San Joe Francisco, McDonald. I want to say. Yeah, they, yeah. They start off there. Their big hit was a song called Don't Bogart That Joint. And Bogart, <laughs> right? Bogart means to put a joint out, isn't it? Or to eat it? Do you know what bogarting know. a joint of, is? I just think of Humphrey Bogart. I know, but the don't bogart that joint, my friend, pass it over to me. So when you're smoking a joint, if you put it out, you bogarted it, okay? Mm. I don't smoke dope. But I, I I like the song. <laughs> the expression, don't bogart that joint. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> was this before or after we became legal in Canada that this whole thing happened? This was well before marijuana became legal. Oh, marijuana not the song when you went yeah. to the cigar shop and did all the stuff. Oh, that's a very good question. Sorry, I thought you meant the song. Um, this was about two years ago that we did the... No, no, sorry, like, it was last year. The, the like, book was, no, was that, Marijuana was legal. I could have put real yeah. marijuana in there, but I just 
threw them away afterwards. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. what do you think I'm going to do? Do the photo shoot and then smoke all five of them and phone Graham up and say, I got the shot, but I can't stop <laughs> laughing. <laughs> I'm hungry. So what, okay, so going back, getting off the week, we'll go back to the park a little bit. So how did it come up? Do you guys know? Did it, was it, you said he was involved in civic politics. It was just kind of like, just, I would imagine the, the city of Whistler, you know, the municipality, the resort municipality, just we realized just what an effect, you know, snowboarding, he's the pioneer of it. And he won a gold medal and they wanted to commemorate it. So in a very straight way, they just, he's one of the, the most famous people that just named the park after him. I, I, I should know more about that, you know, who mm-hmm. lobbied for it, how it came about, when it was named, but, uh, but I don't. <laughs> I know a lot about Ross Rigliotti, but not how the park, it's not a big park, it's probably an acre. Yeah, and it's it's not is is it worth seeing other than the name of the bench? It's just a little nondescript bench, a gazebo, and it's by the river. It's very beautiful, Wrigley cool. Park. Yeah, yeah I imagine yeah, it's, he's got, still a good, up it's there. got a good story behind it. You know, it's yeah. like uh, um, you know the crazy Canucks uh, road. Um, there, there's some Lineage. places that have names that um, some people may not know uh, the background history of. So I think that's yeah. kind of fun to go there. Uh, as you say, Dave, it's uh, a park very much like many others, but it does have an interesting name associated with it. And now, dear listener, you know why it's named that. Or now you know the rest of the story. Is. Yeah, I wonder how That's many right. people who go by, like, especially like just tourists in Whistler, even know who he is. Because I, I remember just from like, I was just being in Canada um, at the time, but I'm not sure how long, how like how far out that goes or how much information those people would have. So that's an interesting one to, to know. But on that note, do you guys have any final thoughts to our, uh, should I, I want to make a bow garden joke, but I'm not really sure how to do it properly right now. No, neither do I. <laughs> so final. Yeah, well, I guess uh, what I'm going to do is uh, next time I'm up there, I'm going to walk by Castro's Cuban cigar store. That's where you went, Dave. I think to get your. Yeah, it was uh, Castro's Cuban cigar store. Yeah, yeah. Cigar store, and uh, well, yeah. My, my final thought is that, uh, you know, he's interviewed by the New York Times afterwards, and his quote, Rigliotti's quote is uh, about marijuana. They, you know, the New York Times wants a story on it, and he says, athletes love cannabis because, among other things, it improves concentration and is fat-free and calorie-free. That's what he was quoted as saying in the New York Times. And his marijuana company is called, it's great, I love it, his marijuana company is called Ross's Gold. <laughs> and they're, they're, they play in the medical marijuana field and the, the gummies and CBD and, and all of that stuff. And he lives in uh, he lives in Kelowna, has a wife and three kids. He's civic minded. He's a straight up guy. Great career. Great story. Ross Rigliotti Park. There no way. Where is I? I am also a big fan of the covered bridge that's in the area. So my mm-hmm. final thought, just go to that whole area. Go hang out. It's a great place if you just taking a bit of a downtime or just taking a wander around in Whistler to just go. It's a, it's a cool spot right close to the village, but out of the craziness of it. Uh, so it's a bit of a secluded little area, which is really nice. So definitely go check it out. So on that note, um, we will wrap up this episode of uh, Ross's, Ross's gold episode. I don't know. I'm, try, I'm trying to make jokes. I'm not really sure how to do it in this one. But yes, we will wrap this one up. So make sure that you go to our Facebook page to tell us all about uh, what you want to hear, what you think about our episodes, uh, what you want to hear more of, what you want, what you don't want to hear more of. Uh, and make sure, again, you go to, uh, you know, just go on to where you're listening to your fine podcasts and uh, like, comment, do all that fun stuff. It helps us get the word out. And hopefully by this time, when we release this episode, we'll be over that 8,000 mark, but we'll, uh, we'll check back with you. But make sure that you come back next week for another episode of Vancouver and Whistler Places. See you next time.